You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. We're going to do this Ego Fest a little different. Usually I save the thinking of people until the end of the show, but hey, why don't we go ahead and do that first, just to show all these nice folks just how much I appreciate them. Not only am I going to say let's thank these folks, but I also want to give a little bit of a personal message to some of the folks in here. First up, the Maestro. Maestro, you are at our $20 projectionist level. I need you to get back with me and please let me know what your request is for 2022. I would greatly appreciate that. Not only that, but please... For you and a few of these other folks, go into Patreon and set your level. There is a way to change your tier without changing how much you are giving. And that way you will be grouped with the rest of the folks and get what you deserve, such as your request for next year. Jennifer L. Kello, Mark Peterson, John Cross, Christian Von Schock, Robert Zavierna, Sorry, Robert, if I screwed up your name. All y'all need to go into Patreon and change your level. Got a couple $5 folks in there. Definitely want you to get the monthly updates when I send those out. Just sent one out the other day, which talks a little bit about what we're showing in September. Gives you a little bit more insight into what's going on. And hey, you paid the 5 bucks. You deserve the update. Now on with the rest of the folks. Tyler Fay, Andrew Hendrickson, Jordan Nash, Melvin Sherman, Jessica Shires, Radio 8 Ball, John Jenks, Ellis Kish, Urban Green, John Adam, Brian Tessitore, all y'all are at the projectionist level. Thank you so much for your generous donation. I think I've gotten requests from all of you for 2022. So that is all worked into the schedule. I look forward to talking about the movies that you requested. Y'all requested some really good ones. Moving on to our concessionaire level. Steve Byrne. Emily Barney. Stuart Rankin. Journey of an Estate Podcast. Vincenzo Natali. Conrad Silas, Jeff Hutchinson, Kay Lynch, Andrea Idu, Judith Main, Wayne DeGoldi, Jack, Victor Laval, Tilo Wickland, Bill Ackerman, Bjorn Unner, Robert Spencer. Thank you so much to all the folks that are at the concessionaire level. Of course, as you know, as a concessionaire, you get early access to every single episode. I used to say, except when I'm running late, but you even get them then. So go ahead, just subscribe to that Patreon feed. You should get everything that I am putting out, plus a little bit extra. Moving on to our box office workers here. Jeremy Apotheker. Nathan Lenker, Jeremy Lemos, Pencilero, Nick Britt, 
Robert St. Mary, Drew A. Yavor, Edward G. Pettit, David Dennis, Zachary Clute, Culture Shocked, M. Hampton, Michael Trippiano, Dusty McGowan, Gabe Weissert, Faisal Azam Kretschy, David Bullock, Lori, Nico Schmidt, P.T. Ryan, Michael Lick, Tom, Colin Gallagher, Dylan Davis, Tiago Barbosa de Miranda, Bobby Power, Gabriel Martin, Jonathan Melville, and Chris Martz. Thank you so much for being our box office level folks. Of course, at the box office level, you get those monthly updates that I was talking about earlier. And last but not least is our usher level. Patrick Lohmeyer, Brindley Andrews, Vaughn Kohlmeyer, Harold Wallen, Gray Cat, Wake Up Heavy, Martin Johansson, Todd Martin Cobbler, Jim Laskowski, Joseph Charlesworth, Winter Tyson, Kenny Siegel, David Wolf, Tony Hudson, Jason Davis, Patrick Macius, R.W. Lovejoy, Skiz Sizik, John Redford, David Bertrand, Bob Vickers, Chris Cooling, Stephen Casey, Charles Wood, Jim Stevens, Daniel Dahl, Kai Clear, Aura Mahoney, Andreas Muller, Niklas Grabius, David Springfield, Eric Peterson, Shane Hamilton, Rob Krellkamp, Howard Perrot, sorry Howard, I think I screwed up your name, Kyle Weiler, John Camber, Sven Rufus, Todd, Lee Threlkeld, Michelle Sockers, Gerald Labine, The X-Cast, Mike Bell, Nick Barzak, Leanne McShanag, Monica Sheets, Lutz Bakker, Susan White, Shandon Bott, K.L. Young, Kelsey Sorensen, Jerry Kowalski, Paul Sibson, Hugh Bochard, Jason Kaufman, Nicholas Kernow, Alistair Montgomery, William Boodle, Brian Rosenberg, Kelsebub, Christine King, Spencer Seams, Mike Crate, Darren Williams, Morris, Brian Holt, David Hart, Alan Ricks, Michael O'Connor, Mark McGillicutt, 
Eric Luther, Thomas Roca, Stewart, Fat Danny Palladino, Boots Century, Matt Clark, Matthew Clark, Mr. X, JC, Eric Highgraph, Film Lars, Myrna, Eric Gilliland, Antti Halopainen, Alvin Akarma, Mick Brooks, David Jodet. Just so you know, some of those folks that were ushers, y'all are paying more than just the dollar a month. If you are paying $5 a month, please go ahead and adjust your level so that you are at the box office level rather than the usher level. That way you will get those monthly updates. I would say that I could do that, but I can't. Patreon doesn't allow me to do that. So, yay, Patreon. But really, yay, y'all. Thank you, as always, for putting in the time and effort in order to be our Patreon donors. Without you guys, the show does not happen. And now, on with the rest of Ego Fest 11. Welcome to the Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. Joining me is Mr. Mark Begley. Hello. Thanks for having me, Mike. Also in the booth is Mr. Aaron Peterson. Hello. It is time for another Ego Fest, Ego Fest 11, which is outpacing how many years the show has been around, but I hope that's okay. I figured it was time to take a little break, kick back, answer some listener questions, just BS a little bit, talk with Mark and Aaron about their podcast, get the word about them, and yeah, just kind of pull back the curtain on the projection booth and show you all the ugly truth. Watch that sausage get made. The Ego Fest, yeah, we've been doing it 11 times. We did it, I think, a couple extra times during lockdown, just because I had a lot more time on my hands. But now I'm working a real job again and have to leave the house every morning and drive about an hour to get to the place and about an hour back. But that's affording me a lot of opportunity to listen to audio commentaries, to podcasts, to books on tape, to books on tape. I'm such an old man. (laughs) 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 To books on Audible. And yeah, it's it's, uh, actually been really good. I'm finally starting to make a dent in my We Hate Movies and God Awful Movies feed. So, And I'm starting to learn a little Icelandic uh, for for bonus points so that's been good what why are you who is sitting around going i need to learn icelandic well i'm going to iceland in a couple okay weeks, well then so. i guess that makes sense i'll yeah, just shut just up and go in the corner say like do you speak english i think everybody in iceland speaks english but 
you know, I just want to be nice. And I'd take a little break from Mandarin right now, so I'll get back to it. Mandarin seems more important. I feel like that's going to be the universal language at some point. So I, I would get back to that one. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> get off my back. Hey, when did you, so you've wanted the, uh, at some point you were doing this podcast and you were just like, you know what this show needs more me. I just need to talk about me some more. <laughs> well, I try not to talk about me during episodes too much. I think every once in a while I'll throw like what I think might be an amusing story into the mix, but for the most part, I try not to talk about me that much. And then also, like, I don't do a good job when it comes to like thanking the listeners. I've got this whole thing where it's like, yeah, if you donate, it used to be a buck, now it's three bucks. If you donate to the podcast, I will read your name on the air and thank you and I haven't done it in a while, so there's a lot of people that still need to be thanked. And I figure this is a good chance. What I should do, and I get good at this for about a hot second and then I forget, is at the end of an episode, be like, and thanks to the new donors, blang, 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 say their name, and then I'm done. It'd be a lot easier than doing one of these ego fest things. But like I said, this is a chance to take these questions, those kind of things. Yeah, this is kind of the opposite of my show where I tell all kinds of mundane stories about myself all the time. So I don't really have any reason to do an ego fest <laughs> except to except to just keep talking about myself, which is probably why I've never really gotten any questions from anybody when I have attempted to do like a year-end wrap-up, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> They're just like, we got it. You already filled us in. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what question could there possibly be? I, you know, we try to do that too on our show. Like we don't, we don't do much where we talk about anything personal too often. Usually it's only on Patreon we do that, but it's, it's interesting because when I talk to other people and listeners and stuff like that, they all say that they wish we would. So I always wonder like, is that wrong? Maybe we should be, you know, yourself included, maybe you should be injecting more personal insights or relevant points. Now is the chance. Not at all. <laughs> well, can we start with your bad reviews? Sure. <laughs> well, speaking of pointless stories, I did get a great review the other day. Apparently, this guy has a real his his name on iTunes is One Dash Man, and I was glad Chris Berkelmeyer was like, "Did you read his other reviews?" And then I went ahead and I did. Every review is a complaint. And I think I saw one two-star review, but I think one man is really, like, he loves to give one-star reviews. Hence the name. His review was, Annoying Amateur Babbling Nerds. If you have no life and like listening to long-winded, redundant, poorly spoken, profane, vulgar, unfunny nerd humor, unoriginal, regurgitated misinformation... Irrelevant personal stories. See, apparently I do tell <laughs> irrelevant personal stories and off topic, stupid, ridiculous connections told in bloated more is more geek fashion than go ahead and tune into these idiots. But if you are yourself a fan of such movies and want to know more about their making, certainly do not ever make the mistake of listening to this junk. It will taint the properties you once loved. 
Oh, I love when people use the word taint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one man is a fan of run-on sentences, I can tell you that. I wish that they would have a way to say, like, this episode prompted this review. Because every once in a while, it's like I can kind of figure out, like, oh, well, this must have come from this. Like, I got a lot of negative reviews after we did Falling Down. And it was just a lot of. I was on that episode. Was it me? Yeah. Was, well, I, was, it was it a problem? <laughs> it was a, no. It was a lot of like red hat people are just like, "What are you doing? This, this movie's not this way." And it's like, I I read it this way. I think I think we all pretty much read it the same way. But yeah, apparently some people are just like, "No, no defense. He's a hero. He's a hero." Sure. I I mean that's one way to see murderers. Sure. Who target people based on race or. <laughs> Personal agency? Sure. Okay. Well, you know, Frederick Forrest was worse in that movie, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, mostly, you know, I've been getting some okay reviews recently. I did get another good one, which I think this comes from when we did Justice League, the Zack Snyder Justice League, and we also did Godzilla v. King Kong. Which was, um, the, the title of this one is They Hate Movies, which is a whole different show altogether. I never understand podcasts dedicated to trashing a subject. If all you're going to do is tell us how childish and unrealistic movies are, why even do a podcast? It used to be a decent podcast, but now it's just complaining and acting superior. You guys lost the plot. Every review has to be positive these days. We even did uh, Battlefield Earth and tried our best to find good things about it. <laughs> well, I don't recall either of those episodes being overtly negative. I guess because we just didn't lavish the films with praise, maybe? Well, that's too bad because those were both really good <laughs> movies. I'm a big fan. I'll back, them. I'll back you up, guy. I'm with you. I'm with you. I enjoyed both of those movies quite a bit. Even the four and a half hour, or was it four and a half hour? It's four hours, and I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> I loved. didn't love the original Justice League. It was fine, but I loved the Zack Snyder cut, and uh, sorry. But, well, no, I'm not sorry. I really enjoyed it. I have it. to apologize. It yeah, I love it. Why do I always do that? I was, yeah. Damn it, I enjoyed it. I had a great time, and I watched it twice, all four hours. So I watched eight hours of that shit. You were apologizing about liking Ghosts of Mars. There's nothing wrong with that, dude. No, I wasn't. No, I didn't like Ghosts oh, of Mars. Oh, no, it no. was Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. That's the one where that's I was. Right. But that one, I feel like. Oh, you're that guy. That's, see, that's why I apologize. Because every time I do say I like it, someone's like, oh. <laughs> really? I've never, I've never seen it, so I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joshing you. I feel like your life will be fine without it. <laughs> it's just it's just a uh, you know sometimes I like movies that aren't great just because Kurt Russell's in them. So those have been really the the best of the bad reviews recently. Though I did I, what I found a good one on Castbox.fm. There's so many of these services that it's just mm -hmm. crazy how many there are. And this one I'm I am so curious which episode this was. Um, I got an, a review about. Let's see, Wolfen, and then there was this one from a guy named Sean Smith, and I don't know if it's about Wolfen or not. Um, July 30th is when he left it. I love this film, but it's ruined when a bunch of useless, worthless leftists are whining about how 
easy it is to get guns in America. I used to like all the research that went into PB episodes. Clearly, you are part of the problem. Brace yourself. It's going to get a whole lot worse for you leftists. Ooh. Oh, I feel this is awkward. I'm an independent. Should I just leave? I don't know. I don't want to mess anything up. I, I love the veiled threat. And right? That's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It was terrific. What film are you talking about? Say the film, because I don't know. It's not like attached to the movie, which is weird. It, it could be any number of episodes. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> Apparently, you talk about guns in every episode. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, guns, they're not guns. that hard to get. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like it's a falsehood or anything. Well, at least you get reviews. So, count yourself lucky in that regard. All right. Even if they are weird, <laughs> veiled threats no, and no, stuff. No. Uh, well, what's the phrase? No review is a bad review. Uh, I'm sure that that doesn't really work in this in this world when when they can one star you to death into oblivion. That's true. That's true. At least they're not threatening you or anything. Not really. <laughs> Count yourself lucky there. Do you want to move on to questions from listeners? These are questions from Twitter. Well, this first one's a question from Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first one. Yeah. I believe I know who uh, asked this question. Actually. Oh my. Have you ever had to abandon an episode, replace a co-host, and re-record all over because it just went horribly wrong? Or some of the juicy, salacious tidbits. I love real behind-the-scenes craziness, but offstage things were falling apart. In quotes. In fact, you may have to do an extended episode that will be Patreon-exclusive only because the tea you spill is so hot only those that prove their allegiance are allowed to hear it. Wow. <laughs> I think he wrote this. Spicy. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get those Patreon subscribers up. Closest I got to that was when Justin and I went our separate ways, and I had recorded, I think I recorded my side of, I know for sure we recorded the interview with Uwe Boll for the Auschwitz episode, and then this was back when our stuff was very, very scripted. Somehow I had all of what Justin had said in the episode. And so I just like used RoboHost to read out everything that Justin had said. And then I did my thing. So that's as close to that. And then we have had times where like technical difficulties had fucked up stuff so badly that we had to re-record I think that only happened, knock on wood, maybe like once or twice. I think for sure once. And luckily, the people that were on the episode were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And we just we did it again. And I know for sure I've had instances where it's been like you're 20 minutes into things and you go, oh, shit, my computer shut down and I don't have a backup of this or whatever. And that has happened before. Uh, I think the worst of it was we did an episode on Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer. And that one took me like a year to put out because I had so many technical difficulties. My power kept going out. So it was like it was Mike McBeard or McPadden and Jess Byard and their audio was fine all the way through. But then it was like, mine was like six or seven pieces and I had to keep like oh, moving things around and trying to figure out where my recording was. It was just, it was awful, awful stuff. You ever had an 
interview would go bad and then you're just like i can't use this because that guy just sucked or it just didn't work out or it was just not interesting i mean you don't have to name them i'm just saying does it ever happen well i've had two interviews technically go bad the first time vincenzo natali was on the show we talked for gosh probably like an hour and a half and then when i looked at the recording the first hour was blank and the last half hour had audio on it. It was all one file, but for whatever reason, the first part of it was completely fucked up. And then I also, I interviewed Stephen E. D'Souza and he told me, Oh my God, his origin story for how he got involved in, uh, you know, in Hollywood is amazing. And he tells me this whole huge story. And then at one point, his line cut out and it fucked up the recording so much that I just lost the first whole thing. So then he called me back. We started to pick up the recording again. And I didn't know until maybe the next day that the whole first part of it was just gone completely. I think maybe after we we hung up, I was just like, oh my God, I got the part that I wanted to talk to him about, which was Beverly Hills Cop 4 or 3. He talked to me a little bit about, but it was mostly about Demolition Man? I can't remember which one, but uh, it was before the Commando episode. And then with Commando, I was like, tell me the Commando stories again, please. <laughs> because he had told all these great stories. But yeah, luckily he was nice enough to come back on the show. That's great. That is great. But as far as like just boring-ass interviews where I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to use this. Even if it's that bad, I'll try to find like the nugget in there to use. And just try to like, you know, even if I have to cut down an interview to like five minutes, I'll be like, okay, I can use this. Yeah. I think we've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for kicking that energy in there, Sparky. I appreciate it. Thanks for apparently called in on your nap. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It happens. Are you eating your dinner right now? Why can I hear you crunching? (laughs) (laughs) One of the... Uh, most interesting interviews that I've heard on the show is with Thomas Waits when he was, it sounded like he was walking through the streets he of was. New York yes. and then up to his apartment and time to cook dinner. <laughs> he even went into a Starbucks and was like ordering food. And then he had to like use the restroom and stuff. <laughs> so I cut out a lot of that stuff, but yeah, it was basically I'm walking right now. And I think even uh, when I talked to, um, Griffin Dunn. When I talked with Griffin Dunn, he was outside, like, waiting for a cab and did his interview outside and then in a cab. I was like, okay. But it worked. Yeah, get some New York flavor in there. The sounds of the city. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the next question comes from Cullen Gallagher, who wants to know, are there any instances of your opinion of a movie drastically changing during recording with a co-host or special guest? For instance, maybe Escape from L.A. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) I think my opinion of Escape from L.A. is pretty much the same, but (laughs) when we did the episode on Eyes Wide Shut, I really hated that movie coming into it. Like I had only seen it the one time at the theater. And, you know, when I do these shows, I end up having to watch movies like three and four times sometimes. And so I just kept watching that movie over and over and over and reading about the making of and reading articles about it. I won't say that I love the movie. 
I'm not even sure if I still like the movie, but I definitely can tolerate it a lot more than I did. So my opinion has changed on that one a little. And then just having a good conversation about a movie definitely helps shed some new light on things. So there have been times where I'm like, I'm not real hot on this. And then as you're going through and discussing things, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that, that was good. Oh, yeah, I like that, too. And just the opinion will change a little bit through that. I think... Uh, like when we talked about speaking of Cullen, when we talked about uh, a rage in Harlem on Chris Tashu's show, like I came into that like loaded for bear, just like oh yeah, this movie sucked. And then as we're talking about, it, I'm just like, no, no, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I like that he did that. And then by the end of the show, I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie again because I had only seen that one one time, and I was like, okay, let's let's give this another shot. I can see why Cullen likes this so much, and I think there's something good there. You respect them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've had that happen listening to episodes of the Projection Booth. Two I can think of off the top of my head with Motel Hell and Fade to Black, which are two movies that didn't really work for me the first time I watched them. Listened to the episode, got some information that kind of clarified some things, went back and rewatched them. And enjoyed them more having that information. So, yeah, that can be nice. I don't love either one of those movies just yet, but I wouldn't be against watching either of them again either. So, well, that's one thing I definitely try to do is like shed, if I can find those stories and shed some light on things like the Enemy Mine episode when I was talking with uh, the filmmakers behind that, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, it was supposed to start with a flashback, and it was supposed to start at where the movie basically ends, or like right before the very end part of it, and then it was supposed to go through this. I was like, oh, yeah, that would have worked a lot more, and then now I can see that movie in my head, even when I watch the cut that's out there, and like appreciate it a little bit more. Like I like enemy mine and I still like enemy mine, but it's like, now I can see that it was supposed to be a little bit of a different movie and appreciate that they still managed to get it made. Even if it wasn't that other film. Yeah. I, I had that happen with, um, disturbing behavior. Do you remember that movie? Disturbing behavior. It was like a, almost like a CW sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Flip. And I didn't really like the original, but if you watch the deleted scene, like it's one of those DVDs, it's just packed with tons of extra footage and extra scenes. If you watch all that, you, you, you watch it going, this could have been a good movie. I, I don't understand why none of this is in the movie. Cause I would have really liked the movie if it was. Yeah. I have such a strong feeling about seeing deleted scenes and trying to figure out where they might go. But yeah, there are certain movies where it's just like, well, I sure am glad they kept that out. And then others where, to your point, it's like, why the hell did they keep this up? This would have made everything so much better. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I remember really disliking the director's cut of Donnie Darko and actually really liking the studio cut of that because it just felt more streamlined and it feel it felt like it knew what it wanted to do. I agree. Where the director's cut felt much more like, eh, I don't know. Let's go this way. No, <laughs> let's go that way. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle now. Yeah, the dream the the director's cut of that one is very dreamlike in that way. And I was not a fan of that either. Who's going to read Melvin Sherman's question? 
I had joked with you, Mike, that I would read this verbatim, or whoever read it should read it verbatim, but I think I'm going to stop at the, that first sentence there, because I don't want to... <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you get it, I think. I'm Is gonna, that okay? I'm going to try to help... <laughs> uh, interpret what Melvin is saying because I'm not exactly sure what it is either. But we can work through this together. Good luck with this. Okay, I'll read. I'll read the first sentence and I'll let you have a crack at that second one. <laughs> okay, and this next question is from Melvin Sherman, uh, and I believe this is a Patreon question. Can you not let people wait that long to get a request? Going to just stop there. All right. So the second part is. Seriously, is was like Ko-Fi, I would no problem. I'm not sure what that second part of it means. So Melvin and I, we <laughs> Melvin's great. He uh, is a Patreon donor. He's at the $30 level, means he gets a request in the next year of programming. But I didn't really have all that stuff spelled out. So Melvin basically helped me put some more language in the Patreon tier stuff and try to clarify more. I think Melvin was under the impression that if you give $30 one month, then you get a, basically you get a request for that month and then you pay $30 the next month, you get a request for that month. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like that's, you would be taking up like, you know, uh, 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 25% of every month would be dedicated to your requests. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. So I tried to clarify in there. And then also this idea of when you request, uh, request a movie now, you're not going to get it until next year because I do plan ahead so far in advance, unless I can make things happen in a little different way. But really it's like you requested something or you are on that level for 2021. Okay. I will do your request in 2022. So just want to put that out there that that's how these things work. And also if someone uh, maybe misunderstands another aspect of that. The request is for the movie, correct? Not for co-hosts or interviewees. Is that? Yeah. I mean, they can suggest that stuff, but if you tell me like Melvin's request for next year, and I'll just pull back the curtain completely that his request, his first request that he gave me, because he has given me many more since then, but his first request that he gave me was for Clockwork Orange. So I'm like, okay, I will do a, clock, a Clockwork Orange. But if he came back and said, and talk to Malcolm McDowell and this person, that person, it's like, yeah, no, I'm going to try to talk to Malcolm McDowell. I'll try to talk to... You know, whoever from the cast is still around, people that made the film, people that write about Kubrick, all of this. I'm going to try my best. You know, I'm not just going to like slap out an issue, uh, an episode and be like, yeah, fuck this. It was your Patreon dollars. I don't have any respect for you. I'm still going to do as high quality of a show as I possibly can. But yeah, and, and you can, like, if you want to make a request of like, I think it would be great to hear. Mark Begley talk about this film. Okay, cool. You can put that in your request. I'll see what I can do. You know, like uh, I got a request recently for next year where it was like, talk about Cannonball and the Gumball Rally. And I think Chris Dashie would be great for that. I'm like, yeah, I bet you I can get Chris to talk about those movies. Okay, sure. That's not going to be, you know, any sort of a hardship, but 
Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And I think it was Cannonball and not Cannonball Run, but I wouldn't mind talking about Cannonball <laughs> Run either. <laughs> Cannonball Run would be great. That'd be great. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> and then we even have a level where you can request to be a co-host as well. So if you want to be at that level and say, I think that you should talk about this film and I want to co-host, I think that's like the the regional manager uh, level of, of patrons. That's cool, too. Yeah. So next year, I've got our one person who's at that level will be on me with the show that, you know, talking about the movie that they want to talk about. And we should be good. Hopefully, they can actually speak in public and have, you know, decent audio equipment, those kind of things. But, you know, we'll work all that stuff out over the next six months. I hope they pause like crazy. I just hope they'd just take a moment to think thoughtful things. <laughs> That's what I pray for you. Because <laughs> those are the best. That's what truncate silence is for. <laughs> I, I use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many, speaking of that level, how many, I believe I've heard at least one of those episodes with a uh, Patreon guest. Mm -hmm. How many have happened in, in the past? One. That was when oh. John Adam was on when we talked about Old Boy. And mm -hmm. then I think John moved down to a little bit of a lower tier. And then he was surprised when I was like, Hey John, what do you, you know, what's your request for 2022? He's like, Oh, I get another one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, you're still at a level where you get a request. <laughs> so let, let's talk about it. What do you want for next year? And then with John, he's been on the show. Like he was on the old boy episode. He's also been on another episode. So it's like, you know, I know him now and will mm -hmm. invite him back to be on other things, probably even the one that he's requesting for next year. Well, he was good on Old Boys, so. Yeah, I really liked him, yeah. Yeah, very, very smart guy, seemed to have his shit together, and like you were saying, he's got audio equipment, so he can record himself and sounds pretty good. Brian Tessitore, or Tessitore, I don't know, one of those, you, I've heard it both ways. He asks, has there ever been a film that you have told yourself you would never do an episode on, and for what reasons? And are they all Quentin Tarantino movies? I did have one guy just the other day, Ray Jim, I think his name is, he was asking me uh, to do an episode on True Romance, and I was just like, oh my god. Oh, do I have to watch True Romance again? Uh, I don't know. If I do that, it would take a lot for me to do it. The The reason why I would be hesitant to do an episode about a movie would mostly be because I have to watch the movie multiple times and do the research, read the script, if I can find it, talk to the people behind it, the, all those kind of things. It's a lot easier to do that with movies that you love than movies that you dislike. But, I mean, we've done movies that I've disliked. I've even done movies that I've disliked where I'm just like, help me understand why I dislike this movie so much. It was somewhat unfair. I know uh, the producer of Contact was not very happy when she heard the episode because I just rag on that movie the whole time. But it was one of those where I was like, I hope I change my opinion after watching this movie multiple times again and learn all of this stuff, you know, learn about what George Miller would have done with the project versus what Zemeckis did and, 
maybe you should worry about story a little bit more than what color young Ellie's eyes versus old Ellie's eyes are. Like, who gives a shit? Make the story decent. And I think he was more concerned about special effects than actual good storytelling. But as far as like movies that I won't do, I think everything's pretty much on the table other than stuff that just... I uh, I would get sick of watching, um, but even with something like True True Romance, I might revisit that one, and you know it would be kind of interesting to go back to some of the stuff that was going on in Hollywood at the time and seeing how that movie got made. Why do you hate Christian Slater so much? I don't hate Christian Slater. I got no problem with Christian Slater. I just I have trouble with. The Sicilian are N-words speech. I've got troubles with Gary Oldman as that weird pimp character. I've got problems with James James Gandolfini beating the absolute shit out of Patricia Arquette. There's it's just there's nothing that appealing to me about that movie. I gotcha. And this next question is from Howard Perrot. Have you ever gotten an interview long after you posted the podcast you wanted it for? I'm listening to your Free Jack episode from 2012, and you mentioned how hard you tried to get anyone to talk about it. Did any of your targets ever get back to you? Mick told me no. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Listen, babe. Right. That was my Mick Jagger. That was, I was <laughs> impressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually... I'm sitting on this interview, and I shouldn't be because it's only about 20 minutes long, but about a week after we did the White Sands episode, whenever I do an episode about something, whether I've asked and have gotten a response or have asked and didn't get a response from a person, I will still send the episode to that person or to their people, and I'll just be like, Hey, you know, I'm so sorry things didn't work out with, you know, so-and-so. I'm so sorry things didn't work out with Mick Jagger, but here's our episode about Free Jack anyway. Thanks so much for your time, blah, blah, blah. And I just, you know, I try to be a nice person about it. It's a little passive-aggressive, maybe more than a little. But at the same time, every once in a while, like, weird things happen. Like, all of a sudden, Roger Donaldson's person got back to me and said, oh, uh, I'll have Ronald contact you right now. And I'm like, well, you told me that like six months ago when I first tried to do that. But this time, Roger Donaldson actually did reach out. And so I ended up doing an interview with him. And of course, it was like two weeks after White Sands was out there. So I'm like, all right, great. I'm not going to go back in and recut it into the episode, but I'll release it as a bonus eventually, as soon as things calm down a little bit. Yeah, just like White Sands update. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like, um, you know, Mike Starr. I can't remember what episode I was going after him for. And when I ended up talking with him, he ended up talking about every movie that we ever covered, including Free Jack. He has a very small role in Free Jack. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, is it that you just hear his voice or he's voiced by somebody different? I can't remember what the story was, but he ended up just talking for a long time and giving me so many great stories. 
And so basically anytime there's a movie with Mike Starr that we've covered, it's like, and listen to the Mike Starr interview because he's great. And man, if I ever do an episode on Goodfellas, I know I'm going to call that guy up and be like, tell me the Goodfellas stories again, because he puts so much thought into that role. What he tells me about Goodfellas in that interview is fantastic. I, I love talking with that guy. He's awesome. I mean, there's just no getting around it. No, not at all. He's he's wonderful. I don't know if I ever listened to that. Did Emilio Estevez come by? <laughs> <laughs> Emilio didn't. I mean, finally, I with that particular one, I uh, ended up talking with uh, the director of it. But that was for when we did the episode on The Quiet Earth. And so that was great that I finally got to speak with him. And unfortunately, he ended up passing away a little bit after we spoke with him. But um, yeah, and then while I had him on the phone, I was like, hey, but just so you know, I love Free Jack. And so he gave me some stuff about Free Jack as well. I think you sending those afterwards, I wouldn't call that passive aggressive at all. I think that's a really good idea. And if you And if it bears some fruit for you, that's a good enough reason, I think, to do that. It's Other marketing, than being a nice guy. Well, it's also like, hey, I'm not some sort of joker that's asking for, I don't know, William Peterson's contact information. Like, you know, I won't say that what we do around here is legit, but it's definitely better than like, hey, I'm some dork asking to talk to William Peterson and have nothing to say about anything and just want to talk to Gil Grissom as opposed <laughs> to like, yeah, he's the, you know, he's the shit. I really want to talk to this guy and ask him some hopefully relatively intelligent questions. And then by sending out like, here's the Manhunter episode, here's the to live and die in LA episode. Then it's like, maybe eventually they'll take me seriously. Wasn't he great for like 10 years and then CSI just made him kind of the same character <laughs> for so long that it just rubbed out all the greatness. Well, I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, but yeah, he was fantastic. And I liked him as Gil Grissom a lot. It kind of felt like his character from Manhunter. Yeah, a little bit. Years later. <laughs> Once he got the crazy out of him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he still had that edge, though. I yeah, kind of liked <laughs> him and uh, Lady Heather. You know, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I don't think he and, and Georgia Fox should have ended up together in the show, though. I never, I never watched it. I watched like the first season, I think. And then I was like, ah, I don't like procedural. So I'm out. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was the procedural show. Oh yeah. It, it felt like he could go off at, at a moment's notice on that show. There, there was definitely still some crazy going on. But he, yeah. but he never did yeah, and yeah. that I saw anyway. I mean, I think he's coming back. You're going to see him again. He's reviving it. <laughs> so you'll see him again. Oh, really? Yeah. He's coming back oh. in a revival of that. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure George Eads needs the work. I don't know if he's in it. I know if William Peterson's in it. And I remember when he used to be known, was it William L. Peterson or something like that? Like he had his middle initial there for a while, I think. I, I could have swore he did in the 80s, but I could be. You guys ever seen Cousins? Uh-uh. I don't think so. The, not the oh, was it Ted, Ted Danson? Ted Danson, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I really no. liked him in that. I loved him in Young Guns too. I thought he was great in Young Guns too. I'm making a free jack yeah, connection. He was. Yeah. I love that movie. I don't care anybody says Young Guns 1. Eh, it's okay, but I love Young Guns too. 
There's a good story about Young Guns 1 in uh, Paul Hirsch's book, because they brought him in. I don't think he edited the movie, but I think he gave notes on the movie. And it was uh, pretty neat uh, reading about... Um, I'm sorry, I'm looking up William Peterson. I never knew that he there was a movie called CSI Immortality that was a TV movie in 2015. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so much yeah, CSI. Paul Hirsch, uh, in his book, talks about uh, working, well, giving notes on Young Guns and trying to make it a much stronger film. And I don't remember disliking that one or Young Guns 2. I, I don't know if I ever sat down and watched those all the way through, because uh, I was an usher at a movie theater when they were out. So I saw a ton of segments as I would like go in and watch the movie in the back of the, the house. I was a projectionist at the time, too. There you go. Yeah. Yet another person who is more suited for the projection booth than I am. <laughs> That's funny. Well, they don't do it like that anymore, so I don't know if it really counts. Now it's all digital. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's but, all robots up there. But you give me film, if Christopher Nolan's listening, you give me some film, I can splice it. I can get that going for you. Oh, I see what you're talking about. CSI colon Vegas, because it used to be CSI colon crime scene investigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which it's always been in Vegas, the first one, so I don't know why they need to throw that. Just say CSI again. <laughs> Just do that. <laughs> Or CSI colon. There you go. I thought you were saying. <laughs> well, it does look like he was in a series called Manhattan in 2015 and then hasn't been in anything since then. Must have ran out of my too many, too many Coke and Horror Nights. Um, <laughs> Kyle Weiler says, what's the best way to only give you money, Mike, and not Bezos for your podcasting book? There is a link on projectionboothpodcast.com. Uh, I think it's called books and you can go there and it's got links for pretty much all the books that I've been a part of. Plus uh, they are to like lulu.com and a few of the other sites where you can pick up things. I don't even know if they are. I don't know if I have No, the, the link for Kindle is broken the you've got iBookstore, EPUB, paperback, and they are all through Lulu or through what is this one? Clickbank. So yeah, Clickbank. So no, nothing, no money going to Bezos those ways. So just go to projectionboothpodcast.com and click on books, which is in the main navigation, and you will get there. Okay. Next question is from Daniel Dahl. Once an episode is published, have any interview subjects ever contacted you with feedback about the episode and the opinions therein? Garrett Brown from The Shining episode, the uh, inventor of the Steadicam, he contacted me and did not like the way that I edited him. We were talking mm. earlier about truncate silence. Garrett used a lot of silences when he was speaking, and so I really tightened him up quite a bit, mm -hmm. which I found also like shaves years off of people's voices. I don't know if eventually I'll start to pause more as I get older, but I found like with him and with Sid Haig, if I truncated silence quite a bit, it made them sound a little bit more spry. He did not like how I treated his audio. Um, hmm. so, but as far as content, uh, I got a very scathing email from Jeff Warner, the director of Die Laughing, 
who did not like how we talked about die laughing in the die laughing episode, um, which is sad because I still really like that film. We were kind of like poking fun at some of the weirdness in that movie. I mean, it's a movie about a monkey that knows like nuclear codes and contacts singer songwriter, Robbie Benson, who's eventually in a battle of the bands. What you gotta have some sort of sense of humor when you're talking about a movie like that. Makes me want to die laughing right now. There you go. It's right in the title. (laughs) (laughs) I still love the story that, uh, I contacted Bud court, about being an epi- uh, about being on the episode because he was in the movie, and uh, his publicist or his person got back to me with a uh, a two word response, which was nobody did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> it took me a while to figure it out. <laughs> Ouch. And, you know, Daniel Dahl also says, he added on on his question, do you have any guilty pleasure movies, palate cleansers or the like, or is there no such thing for you? Yeah, I think I've talked about this before. I don't really get too guilty about stuff that I like. I used to use the phrase guilty pleasures like crazy, but now I'm just, I, I, I'm proud of all my pleasures. Um, there are movies that are bad that I still enjoy. I suppose those might be considered guilty pleasures, but yeah, there's nothing too guilty about what I like. I mean, when I see my favorite movies, Black Shampoo, I mean, I can't take myself too seriously, right? I see that. And (laughs) honestly, I've never understood... I mean, granted, I'm the guy who just apologized for Escape from L.A., but that's because it was critically reviled. That's the only reason. And by people who watched it as well. You know, it... Guilty pleasure indicates that you should feel bad for liking it. I don't think anybody should feel bad if you enjoy a movie. If everybody else hates it and you like it, good. Then, you you know, you're a party of one. Cool. You're standing out in a crowd. That's what I say. As far as palate cleansers, I mean, there's a lot of movies that I just watch as let's call them comfort watches where it's like, yeah, you know, I'll put this on. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like the – a lot of Marvel movies, like stuff like The Avengers or Iron Man – Blade. I mean, there's a ton of movies where it's just like, oh, this movie's on? Let's put it on. Kind of like, uh, you know, Jaws is another one where it's just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Anytime Jaws is on TV, I'll watch it. Anytime Dune is on, I'll watch it. And with stuff like Dune, I mean, Dune, Lord of the Rings, there are certain movies where it's just like, I will watch them you know, once a month or every two months or whatever. It's just like, oh, I'm in the mood to, you know, throw on Fellowship of the Ring this weekend. All right, well, we might as well do Two Towers as well and just continue on. I stop before I watch the Hobbit films, but, you know, it's <laughs> that, whatever. If you like those movies, that's good for you, too. That's a whole day, man. Do you stop Do you stop um, Fellow or not Fellowship, but uh, Return of the King when they bow? Because I literally stopped that. Every time when they bow. Really? Yep. I won't watch past that. That's the end of the movie for me because I'm like, that's where you should have cut it. I could have done a quick narration for everything else. I didn't need it. This is a perfect ending for me. You're not mad that Sharky didn't scourge the Shire? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I watch it all the way through and usually all the way through the end credits and stuff. But Do you still still watch a lot of these comfort? I mean, I I find – 
especially you you watch so many things for your just for the podcast, let alone what you watch just to enjoy. I find that I don't rewatch stuff very much anymore just because there, A, too much new content is out there. B, always watching stuff for podcasts. So it makes it hard to really rewatch things just for fun anymore. Well, let's say too, when it comes to familiar films that I can watch in quotes those while I'm also doing audio editing. So it's kind of like wallpaper a little bit where it's like familiar, comforting. I look, I see Gollum. I'm just like, okay, this is cool. I'll stop every once in a while and watch a little bit of the movie and then I'll go back to audio editing. Yeah. There's a lot of weekends where it's just like, okay, I've got, you know, like, Mark will tell you when it comes to Sabata, it's like, okay, yeah, I've got seven Sabata films I need to watch. And I tried to space those out where it was like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then two on Saturday and another one on Sunday. It's like, okay, yeah, it was still a lot of stuff. And then there were other movies I don't need to watch for like Chris's show and some other things. But there occasionally are weekends where it's like, okay, yeah, I have time where I can just put something on that I enjoy and just not think about, you know, the next program that I'm doing. Here's a question. I'm going to just going to cut in and I'm going to ask it anyway, because I love the question. I think it's great. Mark uh, Begley <laughs> wants to know, Mike, why, why are you so smug? <laughs> Am I such smug? a good reading? <laughs> oh, such a good reading. Of that, right? <laughs> Am I smug? Am I really that smug? Mark Begley says. I know. I know he does. Uh, Mark is one of my harshest critics, though. <laughs> I'm I'm secretly one man. Uh, just just so the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> this goes back a while. I don't know what this was even in reference to. I just remember. I I think it was a it was either a Facebook comment or a review that mentioned you being smug, and I just I kind of found it ridiculous. There are some shows that I've listened to that have smug hosts, and I don't see you fitting that bill. But So this is always a little joke that I throw out. If anything, I think I might get too self-deprecating sometimes. But, I mean, this is the only time where I get to indulge myself, right? Is like here on an ego fest. I try not to indulge myself too much other times. I mean, I think you've, you, know, you of all people, have seen me edit – and I think that I edit myself the harshest of all the people that are on the show. Like, I will take entire – some of those personal stories. I will just take those and cut them completely out where it's like, nope, that doesn't need to be here. So, try not to be too smug and I try not to be too self-indulgent. Yeah. And you always cut out the laughter. I always cut out the laughter. <laughs> always that – what I describe as my personal – Horsey laughter just goes on the cutting room floor. <laughs> and everyone else's laughter as well, Mike. I get that. I have a horrible laugh. I always find that – I don't always find – I often find that many times people will interpret smugness when someone is talking about a movie that they really, really love and they're talking about it negatively. And I th I think oftentimes that perception can be that that's smugness. Now – the shows that you like to listen to, like the hate movie, I don't like shows like that. I'm just not a fan of things that just hate on things. It's just not for me. But if you're talking about something, you're talking about it critically and you're explaining why you don't like something and you're doing it in a in a way that's constructive, 
I like that. But if you're just like hating on it to hate on it, that to me is would be smugness. And I don't I don't get that when I listen to your show. Well, we hate movies. The title is very incorrect. I mean, they do have a, a series that they call We Love Movies, but even with the We Hate Movies, most of the time they're talking about bad movies. But more than anything, I'm listening for the comedy. They take those films and they go off on tangents and they start to build like whole other worlds where they're talking about things that are completely off to the side or have nothing to do with the film. And then you just, and then they build on each episode as well. So they'll make references back to previous things. So it's more like it's goofing on stuff, but really it's like, it's almost like they're improv exercises where they go off into other worlds and describe things that are, going on behind the scenes that actually aren't going on behind the scenes. Like their episode on Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton one, was so funny. That was the first episode I ever listened to because they were talking about how Tim Burton was trying to keep, and this isn't true, but Tim Burton was trying to keep Mark Wahlberg away from the set, so he just kept like saying that there were different sporting events going on, so Mark would go away and go to his uh, his trailer and watch stuff. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, oh, there's a there's a game out. Oh, okay, great. You know, so, yeah, those I say god awful movies definitely does pick on the movies, but they're also watching very let's say smug films when it comes to like you know David A R White who's trying to remake John Wick as like a Christian film. I gotcha. Well, I, that's what that's what I think. It's just the concept is I'm just not. It's not for me personally. But yeah, that's fine. But I think that's people who listen to your show might interpret might interpret. That's just an opinion of an opinion that they might interpret that because it's something that they might love and they're like. Well, he doesn't like it. Why are you being so smug about you? You know, it just just means just like you're passionate about, you're loving it. Other people are passionate about not liking it at all. It happens. Yeah, that kind of goes back to the that original one of those original bad reviews that you read and if you're not heaping glowing praise on a property that somebody is really invested in they're going to see it as smugness negativity vulgarity profanity however you know all those terms that were used so yeah, i would chalk it up to that as well I definitely was picking on uh, Escape from L.A., but Escape from New York, you know, I was there heaping praise upon it. And I think most of the time, I end up really enjoying the movies that we talk about. There are only a few that I can think of that I just dislike the film even after discussing it. So, like, it's pretty rare that you're going to hear me. But, but then at the same time, I remember talking to a friend of mine who listened to our episode all the way back when I think it was episode four, when I talked about Dune and it was like, boy, you really don't like Dune, do you? And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I love Dune. It's like, well, that's not the impression I got from the episode. I was like, well, what are you talking about? And then I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, well, we talk about some of the flaws that are in Dune because it was kind of a cursed project and you know lynch isn't happy with it not a lot of people that worked on it were happy with it and that's because there were weird things to it and especially when it comes to the theatrical cut where you're just like well it's missing this 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 and this which would make it a much better movie and i'm like okay maybe they took me critiquing it as being criticism and harshness and i'm like but yeah i'm more than anything i'm just trying to point out 
how things are, why they are the way that they are. Which is the point of the show, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that and to taint your favorite properties. <laughs> uh-huh. taint. taint. Next question is from Stuart Rankin. Uh, is this a relative of the Rankin and Bass folks? Possibly. Distant. <laughs> now that things are returning to normal, have you seen increased downloads and in listening metrics, or has that stayed pretty steady over the course of the pandemic? I wish I could answer that question because I get a little obsessive about numbers sometimes. You know, that's why I do the, these are the top 10 listen to episodes for last year. These are the top, the bottom 10 episodes and just use the numbers in that way. Things have been really effed up because one pod track was not working correctly or I didn't have it hooked up correctly for a little bit. I think PodTrack is giving me the most accurate numbers and that's just a service for folks that that don't know. It's just a service that basically you put like a URL in front of the download URL so it tracks whoever clicks on stuff, whoever listens to things, and that goes across all platforms. Uh, there's another service called Chartable, which does similar, but that really shows you where you're at in terms of ranking on things like uh, the iTunes chart, which is interesting. And it's like, oh, cool, I'm number one in Israel this week, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say that this year is really kind of effed up because I was being hosted by Spreaker for m- the last five years, and then switched over to a service called Megaphone just recently. So people have probably noticed there's a new intro. Like I don't have the Christopher Media intro anymore. I now have the Airplay Media intro. And that's because I'm now on a, a network, a podcast network, though they're brand new. So they're trying to build up. Um, and so. Once I switched over to Megaphone, my numbers definitely took a dip, but at the same time, I don't know if that was content-related, because, you know, you've got episodes like uh, Escape from New York and uh, Assault on Precinct 13 or the Blues Brothers, and those were pulling in a big numbers, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and then I do a month on Spaghetti Westerns, and obviously that's not getting nearly as many downloads or a lot of the films that were requests for this year. So like eternity in a day, it was a great movie, but we didn't get a lot of listeners to that particular episode. And that was the episode where I made the switch from one to another. So yeah, the numbers looking back and I did take a look at stuff, Stuart, before I started to record last year's numbers were pretty good. So it didn't really feel like the pandemic affected stuff too much. I would have thought that the numbers would have just completely gone in the shitter just because people are stuck at home. But maybe people manage their time a lot better than I did and managed to listen to podcasts while they were home. I know I didn't listen to nearly as many. What about you guys? Did you listen to podcasts while you were home? I'm still home. And no. No. <laughs> our our numbers took a huge hit, too. But a lot of you know what we do is movies that are in theaters, which I don't know if you heard, but still not really coming back. So, I mean, yeah, we do TV, too. But, man, yeah, you know, when that really took a hit. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. 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 I know that my listening 
of shows decreased and it is because of when I would listen and that that changed and it's kind of been hard to find that groove again but it did get better towards the end of the year and as far as my own show the numbers were much better towards the end of last year than any previous six months uh, since I started, which wasn't that long ago. But a lot of that had to do with your association and being on shows in October and me, you know, us sharing the David Cronenberg episodes. And um, there were a couple other instances where either I was on your show or you were on mine. And I think that helped with the numbers. It always helps when you're on the show. Those are the top five episodes of my own show. So, <laughs> wow. Look at that. High praise. That's why you're so smug. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your answer, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> because you bring in the numbers. That's right. And I know it too. And I yeah. like it. <laughs> I think also last year I was putting out more content. It was a little bit easier. Like, I was able to, quote-unquote, attend film festivals that I wasn't normally able to go to because of the pandemic. So, South by Southwest and Fantasia, and it feels like there was another festival in there as well that I was able to watch, or Slam Dance. I was able to watch things through the internet and was able to set up uh, interviews pretty much all throughout the day because of the job that I had, I was able to just be like, okay, I'm blocking off this hour. I'm going to talk to this person. And I was able to do that. But with this new job, I'm like in an office now and I feel weird packing up my stuff and going into like a little conference room and recording stuff. So I, I still do it every once in a while, but it's not as easy as it was when I was working from home and was able to slack off just with abandon. <laughs> with abandon. I like it. I mean, downloads also took a hit for everybody's podcast. I think every celebrity in the world has one now. So that, you know, and everybody that was at home decided to start one too, and they're all on anchor and they all suck. But, you know, there, there's so much, so much content everywhere now. I mean, I think everybody's podcast took a hit unless you're Dax Shepard or Joe Rogan. I got so mad recently because – so I used to work for Rocket Mortgage, and Rocket Mortgage, they own like StockX, and there's just a whole bunch of companies underneath this umbrella of Rocket. And every once in a while, I listen to the people I consider the competition. So those folks are talking about the rankings on iTunes, so I listen to the ones that are above me in those, and I put on one – and as soon as I do, the host starts to read an ad for Rocket Mortgage. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you guys are sponsoring them, but you're not sponsoring me? What the fuck, man? And then I turned on another podcast recently. They were doing an ad for StockX. And I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> Where's all that sweet, sweet lucre? You know, come on, guys. Like, I was working for you. You could have gotten a discount. We got one more question. Are you ready? Okay. Robert Hubbard, do you feel that you and your contemporaries, Dagan, Ellinger, Drain, 
Stachaw? Stachaw? Stashu. Stashu. Okay. Well, if I say it enough times, eventually I'll get it right. Yeah. To name just a few, are finally starting to get acknowledgement for your work in film, studies, criticism, and analysis. Maybe. <laughs> uh i mean the struggle is real um uh cat and sam and i are uh we pretty much have like this never-ending chat on facebook uh which kept us sane during the pandemic and a lot of i mean the name of the chat is mike complains a lot and it's just basically like me venting but then eventually sam and cat will vent too and just talk about like Hey, this opportunity went to this person versus that person, or here's this person that is railing against. Like, there was one guy who was wrote an article about, like, basically, like, upstart commentary providers and included Kat in there and was just, like, ripping on her ability to provide audio commentaries. And it's like, wow, that, that's rough, man. Uh, <laughs> and he was a total dick. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like that they're getting books out there, and I'm thinking specifically about Sam and Cat. You know, Sam's got her new book on World War II and art house cinema. She's working on another book, which I think is public knowledge. She's working on a book about Rabbit. I think we talked about that on the um, the episodes that we did together, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cat's working. She had the Daughters of Darkness book, and she's got another book that she's working on. She's, you know, they're always working on commentary stuff. I think they're starting to get the recognition, um, which is great, but, you know, it's a, it's a cutthroat field of writing about films. Um, Heather, I don't think it's nearly as much praise as she deserves. She's probably one of the nicest people I've ever talked with, dealt with, worked with ever. Heather Drain? Um, yeah. Love her. Love her. Yeah, right? Yep. <laughs> she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, she's one of these people that would give you the shirt off your back. You know, she's just amazing to, to talk with and just always so positive about stuff. Uh, Chris, I don't know if he's necessarily, like, if he is thinking that he wants to get into the, that type of field of like doing commentaries and stuff. I think he was very happy that we're on this new Kolchak release that's coming out. Um, I think if he could, he would definitely do that. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I know he's got projects that he's working on where his name will hopefully get out there a little bit more. Um, can't talk about those right now, but yeah, I think, uh, I think definitely. Cat and Sam are starting to get the acknowledgement they deserve. I, I hope that Heather gets a lot more. And then Chris, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Shoot, I did it again. <laughs> I snorted on the Sabata episode. Yes, you did. But, but I cut it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> that I understand cutting out. <laughs> Even though Heather told you it was okay, I still cut it out. <laughs> So I just wanted to say to one thing that, uh, none of the questions really brought about was that I am working on the 2022, uh, season, season, year of shows. Ooh. There are, you know, I like Aaron, you and I, you know, I, it was like, I think we had a conversation. You're like, Hey, if you need me for anything, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, actually, yeah, I, I could definitely use you on these things. Um, 
some people miss the boat when I do the whole thing of like, hey, here's the whole list. You know, tell me what you want to be on. And then some people just pile on and it's like, put me on everything. So I'm going to try to <laughs> approach things. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to try to approach things a little bit differently. Um, if there are co-hosts that you haven't heard in a while, definitely let me know. I'm going to try to like be better about bringing back some older voices that people haven't necessarily heard in a little while. There is definitely a comfort for me in working with people over and over again because it's a lot easier to schedule stuff. But, you know, I do like having conversations with everybody that has been a co-host. I think with the exception of, I think it's like a five, four or five people that are on my never again list. But otherwise, Uh-oh. you're good. So, Mark, you're not on the list. Don't worry about uh-huh. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be on uh, I want to be on some kind of list. Some list, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. My never again list is 1 2 3 4 5 6 people. So, um just yeah, I won't talk about them. I I would like to dish that tea that hard, but <laughs> eventually things do get back to people, so it, man, it's so creepy sometimes. It's so creepy when you put out something on your Facebook feed and then you get an email like two days later where it's like, oh, I saw you, that you're looking for this. And it's like, you're not my friend on Facebook. <laughs> uh, I don't even think you're on Facebook anymore. How do you know? How did you find me? looking for this. Yeah. This, it's not that I'm a private person, but it's like, if you're not my friend on Facebook and not even there, how do you know these things? So... It's just kind of weird. Mark, I think it's important to point out that uh, he pointed the finger at you and said, you're good, but there's two of us here. I'm I'm not quite sure how to read that. I mean, he made sure to to single you out when there's two of us here. Mark, you're not on the list. Don't worry about it. Uh, Aaron, how's it going? That's that's what I got. Aaron, your name isn't on the list either. I I don't believe you anymore. There's another Aaron on this list, but it's not you. Is it really? Is it really? Does he spell it yes. wrong? Does he spell it like they spell it wrong? A R O N. He's A Ron. A A Ron. I think this might have been the guy that was on the uh, Elvira episode. Oh. So I've got I've got him. I've got two people that have stood me up multiple times. That's awful. So eventually, I say never again. I've got one guy who just tried to take over the entire conversation. And wouldn't even let me get a word in edgewise when we recorded, which is a real pain in the ass. I mean, I try to give people a lot of latitude. And if people are having a great conversation, I'm here to listen. But at times it's like, hey, this is my show. I'd like to talk about yeah. something eventually. <laughs> Let's see. I've got one person that said, um, and and um and all of those little pause words so much that editing them was a complete pain in the ass so i said i don't want them back it's a nightmare and then i can't remember what this last person what their offense was i should probably have like both name and offense next to them so but uh yeah i've i've got that so i don't make that mistake again well i think that's a great idea to to ask people to send in suggestions for for people that haven't been heard in a while, I, I may even have a few for you. Where do they send them? Send them to Mike at projection-booth.com, or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash projection booth, or it might be the projection booth, or even on Twitter at ProBoothCast. 
on Twitter. I'm even doing the Instagram thing these days. I, I guess all the kids love that Instagram stuff. <laughs> it's the hip new app. Yes. I suck at social media. I just suck at it. I've I've even made two TikToks for the podcast. <gasps> did, did that get traction? I, I keep thinking about it. Does it get traction? It got a lot of plays, but I don't know how much of that turned into listeners. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And I've started following somebody on Twitter who seems to repost anytime somebody asks for Twitter for podcast suggestions. So I have been doing a lot of like, hey, I'm here and I'm not as good as far as like, well, if you're looking for movies, come on over to the projection booth. Check this out. Weekly shows available on all your favorite iTunes and Stitcher and blah, blah, blah platforms. No, I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm not. That was pretty good, though. It, it was, yeah. It was pretty good. Well, I had a I had a couple questions, Mike, that I wrote down. Oh boy! If you if you're still doing questions, or we can just move on. I, I'm fine doing questions. We kind of kind of got into the technical issue thing, um, so I think this was sort of answered, except for uh, have you ever had to to scrap an entire episode. And I guess you did kind of get to that already. So we could just ignore that. I've managed to salvage stuff. If it's gotten too off the rails, I still have a couple of things that I need to edit that have are sitting out there. Like I, I imagine somebody is sitting at home right now going, whatever happened to that 2001, a space odyssey episode. Mm. I recorded it. I got all the interviews, but I think I said, on one of these like monthly updates that I do for the Patreon folks, five dollars and up. Uh that <laughs> Cheap Justin plug. gave me all of his interviews for it, and there's like thirteen hours worth of interviews at Ooh, least. Boy. Just the interview with one of the two main lead actors is five and a half hours. Two hours of that is two thousand one a space odyssey. The rest of it I will not subject you folks to and also i know that justin transcribed that and it's available now through shock cinema magazine so you can pick that up as the magazine interview but yeah all these two and a half hours talking about 2001 and he's one of god there has to be 10 if not more interviews so wow yeah yeah so it's it's going to be a lot for me to edit that. So it's going to be one of these where I need to start like setting aside time every week just to edit, you know, one part of it as I go along. So it'll it'll be massive when it eventually hits. So this this will probably usurp the Conan episode as the longest. Possibly, yeah. Wow, that's so yeah. that was like seven hours, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin and I were actually talking about doing a 24 hour podcast about 2001. He's like, you and I, we can talk for at least four hours about this. So I was like, yeah, probably can. It's like, plus all the interviews. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So that was supposed to kick off 2020, I think. I'm not, or yeah, I think that was, and then eventually just shit happened, and we didn't end up doing it. So if I told you I don't like 2001, is that going to make me get kicked off here completely? No, okay, not at all. that's good. That's absolutely fine. That's fucking boring, boring movie. 
<laughs> it's a it's boring, a boring dry movie. film. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I appreciate it and I respect it. Kind of like you were talking about earlier, but as a, as an, as an experience, I just don't enjoy it. Except, except for the opening. I think the opening is pretty cool. If I were to pick one Kubrick to talk about that I absolutely love, it would be The Killing because I hmm. love, love, love that film. But I haven't haven't had the cojones to do an episode on that yet. Well, that kind of brings up the last thing I'll ask you. What's one of your favorite movies that you still haven't done an episode for? Like all-time favorite movies. Yeah, as far as all-time favorites, probably, you know, I mentioned Goodfellas earlier. That's definitely one. The Killing might be another one. I've hit almost all of my black exploitation favorites. Actually, I haven't done one on the Human Tornado. That would be great to talk about. Yeah, there's a couple others that I'll have to think about. But yeah, it's like sometimes when it comes to favorite films, it's like I have to think of a way to talk about things a little differently or try to, I mean, especially if it's a favorite film that is a popular film. I mean, you've got people out there doing, you know, the star Wars minute, the good minute, all these kind of things where it's like, okay, these guys are hardcore, but I, you know, doing an episode on empire strikes back gave me a little bit of pause doing an episode on blade runner gave me pause. I liked Rob's take on it where it was like, can we do, an episode about Blade Runner and say stuff that hasn't been said before. That's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do. Oh, yeah. Let's talk Great. about that narration. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was glad we talked with William Sanderson about that movie, and it's like, oh, he's not typically a guy that shows up in a lot of these things. I wanted to talk about MM, uh, talk to M.M. Walsh for it as well, but unfortunately he uh, didn't come through for an interview. And I also wanted to talk to him about um, – white sands but unfortunately he is busy as well so more power to that guy he's still out there acting his ass off good for him yeah no spring chicken either yeah i'm often i'm often surprised that he is still around when i see him in things so that i'm I'm glad he is but i always think he is one of the uh actors that has passed recently I will tell you that there have been a couple episodes that never got made based upon the availability of interview subjects. I am kicking myself right now. I can't remember the names of a few people that I was lined up to interview. There was one guy. I spoke with him via email on Monday. We were supposed to talk Wednesday. I, you know, this is probably six years ago and I called him, called him again, called him again, did my typical, like, you know, I'll do like three or four phone calls just in case people forget, or they see an unfamiliar number showing up on their caller ID. They don't know where I'm calling from. So I just was like, Hey, you know, just calling. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll reach you via email. Like after the fourth time, I was like, I'll, I'll just, I'll reach out via email. And then, Literally the next day, I saw that they had passed away, and they passed mm. away on Tuesday. It's like, oh, Jesus. And that happened to me at least twice. There was one other time where it was like, oh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. But he, it was like, hey, 
uh, let me rewatch some of the movies that you were in uh, before we talk. I'll reach out to you in two weeks. And before that two weeks was even up, he had passed away. And he was not sick, as far as I know, just doing absolutely okay. And then, boom, COVID. See you mm. later. So, for God's sakes, kids, get vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Make it so I can interview you on the projection booth. <laughs> <laughs> Have you or or guest hosts ever gotten into a heated argument mm. during an episode? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I can't recall ever hearing one on the show. Like a real argument, not where, well, we had some fun banter. No, like you, you were secretly wanting to punch that person in the face. Have you ever listened to the last Action Hero episodes? No. Oh, you can hear me lose my mind on those episodes. <laughs> I was on an episode of one of Chris's shows, and I'm trying to remember if it was which show it was, but it was something he's got a friend who is a contrarian who just, you know, like whatever you say, he will say the opposite, and he defends it. To the point where he can't even see that you might have an opinion about something. Basically, you are wrong. You know, that it's one of those, like, you know, oh, that, that's a very interesting point that you have there. No, none of that. It's you're wrong. That's not correct. I don't know. The Last Jedi is the best movie ever made. You know, one of those type of things. Like, mm, really? It's the best movie ever made? <laughs> <laughs> there's no better movies than that uh <laughs> then i there were times where i was messaging chris on the side going i just want to hang up i just want to hang up right now this person doesn't want to hear anything that i had to say they're taking over the con entire conversation let me just go so i was getting very very angry with stuff like that and i i can't remember what episode that was but it was definitely a, more of a mainstream it might have been one of these new newer star wars films but i can't even recall but yeah definitely if you want to hear me lose my mind listen to the last action hero uh episodes and there were two of them so oh, okay <laughs> yep and it just gets worse the second time around oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that on the list for this week. Yeah, poor Sam from The Gentleman's Guide was our third on that, and I felt so bad for him, because it must have been like, your parents are fighting or something. <laughs> make it end. Just make it end. Right, right. I know I know you're not a fan of, of like Tarantino, but is there any point where you plan on covering a Tarantino movie? Not Pulp Fiction, I mean like one of his actual directorial efforts. <laughs> he directed that movie. True Romance? No, he didn't. Tony Scott directed that. Right. No, you said Pulp Fiction. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I meant True Romance. No, no problem. <laughs> well, edit me because I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing of his that has like leapt out at me. Like, oh my God, I have to cover this. I mean, I've just been so nonplussed by his stuff over the last... Uh, 20 some years. It's just like, okay, I mean, what am I going to say about Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards? Or, I mean, I guess I could talk about like alternative history type of stuff when it comes to that, but it feels like they're probably smarter, better people than I am to write about those things. You know, just 
talk about how, you know, this whole idea of recasting the Manson murders and changing World War Two. Okay, whatever. Um, well, you really don't like him. You could just, it's so smug. And how you don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess one of these days I'd love to have Andrew Rausch on to talk about my best friend's birthday because he wrote a fantastic book about it. And I would like to talk to him more about that film on air. That, that I remember, Steve, I think it was Steve Puchowski from Shock Cinema described that movie as the Rosetta Stone of Tarantino films because pretty much everything that he is obsessed with comes from that, or like it's in that movie. So you can kind of see the seeds of all of his other films all the way back in his very first movie. And if I ever did an episode on true romance i would have to talk about that film too because i mean it's basically like the rough draft of true romance okay are there any of his films you like i love reservoir dogs okay absolutely love that movie i used to and i haven't seen it in a long time but i used to really like um natural born killers i mean the rest of them have just kind of left me cold fair enough i was just asking you can ask whatever you want, Aaron. I'm not going to get mad at you. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. So, uh, how about uh, you just cover the whole DCEU? How about that? I think that would just be stellar. Well, I started with Superman. I guess I can go on from there. And to talk about uh, Batman Returns. Yeah, I don't know where I would go from there. <laughs> they don't either. That's the funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least nobody's asking me to cover Aquaman, you know? Oh, man. But, like, seriously, when he's like, permission to come on board, how do you not just melt? You know what I mean? You can hate that movie all you want, and I, and I get there's plenty of things to not like about it. But on the same token, that's the first time, in my opinion, Aquaman has ever been cool. Ever. I mean, he used to be a joke. He used to be the punchline for, what, Entourage? Yeah. <laughs> For good reason. I used to watch Man from Atlantis. I knew that Patrick Duffy wasn't very cool in that mo- in that show. And Patrick Duffy's, I think he's only been cool, cool in what, Grey's Anatomy? That's it. So, Aaron, for people that need more podcasts to listen to, can you tell me a little bit about your show, sir? i got several, but I'll highlight the, the big two, I guess. Uh, the Hollywood Outsiders, the main one I do, do weekly. And that's uh, every Wednesday, thehollywoodoutsider.com or on your favorite podcast app. And it's a very varied show. We touch on entertainment news and uh, things that got, have our interest. We reviews as well. Um, I'm an accredited film critic, so but I don't talk about them like most film critics do. I, I try to approach things a little bit more even keel. Um, you know, I'll, I like I like films, Michael Bay to Wes Anderson. It doesn't matter. I'll listen and watch anything. And then we always have a topic each week where we talk about different things in film. Usually it's synced up to something that's coming out or a relatable item. And it's just meant more. I wouldn't say I hate saying people having fun because there's too many podcasts that are like that and take it to two extremes. But we do try to have fun with the movies we're talking about. You know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not projection booth. We're not dissecting them in that respect. We are reviewing them critically, but we are a little bit looser, looser about it. Uh, and then I do presenting Hitchcock, but you can also find that at the HollywoodOutsider.com. That's once a month we we review and kind of go through a Hitchcock film. That's much more critical and much more like projection booth, just short form. Uh, it's about an hour every month. 
Well, tell me about some of the other ones that you do. Well, companion podcast, the Blacklist Exposed, which is uh-huh. a companion podcast for the Blacklist, the NBC show, the Blacklist, which we've had enormous success with. We've had every primary lead from the show on. The showrunner has come on every single season. Uh, it's it's been pretty much. Uh, Honestly, the most popular thing I've been on. Um, and then we do Beyond Westworld. Did you get Spader? What's that? Yeah, we talked to Spader. Get- we were invited to the set. Shit. We actually went to the set. Yep. Holy cow, that's amazing. Yeah, that was that was surreal. That was very surreal. We were invited to the set um, and we got to interview Spader. Megan Boone, we've met before. Yeah, I'll tell you a fun story for your podcast. <laughs> we were invited to the set. We got to interview all of them. We were part of their 100th episode, which was fantastic. We were the only independent people invited. Everybody else was like Hollywood Reporter, Variety, things like that. And here we are, a little podcast, and we got invited to this, which was just stellar. And we were getting ready to leave. And Megan Boone, who is the female lead of the show, comes up to us. She's a wonderful person, always been nice to us. She's like, do you guys want to watch a scene get shot? And we're like... Yeah, we're here. Takes us behind the scenes, uh, watches her film a scene. And the director that week was Andrew McCarthy. You know, oh, wow. the Andrew McCarthy. He, he's also right. he's a director now. And obviously him and Spader are still friends. So <laughs> in between setups and whatnot, she, he comes walking back and he sees us. We're sitting in the studio chairs and whatnot, just watching the scene go, which is just weird. And he comes up and he shakes her hand. He's like, hey, I'm Andrew. And I, all I said was, well, of course you are. And he just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> it's just, but it was one of those crazy moments where you're like, nobody's going to believe this story. Like nobody, right. nobody's going to believe it. But it was fantastic. So a lot of That's fun with awesome. that one. Nice. And also beyond Westworld, we've where we were a companion for the Westworld show, but that's every couple of years for eight or ten episodes is much shorter. I used to do Smirk, but that just wrapped at a hundred episodes, which was each episode is one of us hosts, there's three hosts, write an, an original short story read it on the air and then talk about whatever the topic was in that show. And that was smirk. That was a lot of fun, but we called it quits because it was hard to catch on. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And where's the best place for people to keep up with all your stuff? Just the HollywoodOutsider.com at by popcorn on Twitter. Um, me directly is at Aaron smirks on Twitter. And Mark, you got what? Five, six shows that you're working on now. <laughs> um, it feels that way sometimes only because, I branch out and do different things. So I don't really have a set. I started out with a set idea with the knowledge that I was going to run out of those movies to talk about fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But the, the, I guess the umbrella is horror, mo- horror movies, generally horror movies from the seventies and eighties when I was watching them as a kid. And so the first quote unquote season were, five or six movies that had a really big impact on me when I saw them back then and that I would you know, rent it all the time and, and became reacquainted with over the last 10 years or so. And then once I kind of realized I was going to run out of stuff pretty quickly, I would just put something out that, that interested me. I, I do some lists like favorite modern horror films since I don't generally talk about modern horror, I've done favorite horror subgenre episodes. And then I started a little side 
show called Why Didn't I Rent This? of movies that I used to see at the video store all the time and never took a chance on and have since seen and really enjoyed. Um, I'll have my daughter on to talk about movies that I really liked as a kid that that she's now seen. And um, it's usually just me, but I've had a number of guests over the years, including yourself on quite a few episodes and just recently having multiple guests on Sam Deegan's been on um, Chris has been on the show and coming up um, Sam, Chris, and then Heather drain will be on, on episodes later on in the year. So it's a mixed bag, but um, fairly horror specific. But not always. I mean, looking for Mr. Goodbar, we've talked about, and you know, you've been on the Taxi Driver episode, and and there's been other odd movies that I've I've discussed. Where's the best place to keep up with you, sir? Well, I have a website, wakeupheavy.com. The show is on, or my host is SoundCloud, but of course, it it ports to most podcast providers. I am on. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all as at Wake Up Heavy. Very good branding. Yeah, see, it's easy. <laughs> I love it. Easy to remember, and I was able to, since it's such an odd phrase and a personal phrase, I can generally grab the <laughs> the name for whatever uh, social media or or website I'm, I'm looking at. So. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please head on over to the website, projection-booth.com, where you can find out more about this episode. Once it eventually drops, I uh, might have to cut out the spicier bits for the uh, <laughs> regular folks at home and keep all the good bits for the Patreon folks. While you're over at the website, be sure to check out the Patreon link. Speaking of Patreon... Make sure you give a donation if you can. Every donation that we get helps the projection booth take over the world.
This episode of The Projection Booth. And as the end credits roll, we wanted to thank you, the listening audience. Here at The Projection Booth Podcast with Mike White, host extraordinaire, Bang. Bang.